Welcome to the 63rd episode of Nolika, a podcast between two friends about the latest in politics, society, and feminism in Indonesia and the world. I'm Stephanie Tangkilisan. And I'm Suidian Lee. And this week, we're going to talk about a news item that has been hot in everyone's mouths for the last few weeks, and that is Aho's engagement to his 21, 22, 23-year-old girlfriend. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it. And I mean, we're talking about this as a way to talk about how these women have been marginalized in their own life story, um, yeah. about how the media has portrayed the story as well, and what are the implications of what Ahok has done to politics, and just basically trying to think about this issue as in a more thoughtful, uh, overly serious way, um, as we are prone to do. Which is our brand. Yes. <laughs> As seen on our website, if you haven't checked it out already, Sweden did a really good job designing it, so we'd love for you to check it out and see show notes and other informations right over there. So after that, shameless plug. You appreciate my shameless plug. That was your work. True. I mean, you're very good at shameless plugging. You don't shamelessly plug ourselves on our own podcast. Where are we going to plug? <laughs> Here's to it. So as I'm sure most of you, especially people in Indonesia, have heard, Aho has been released from prison, as we mentioned in our previous episode. Uh, He's been out of prison now for about two weeks. And in that time, he has announced uh, his engagement to his his engagement via a YouTube interview with... Yeah, it was weird. Uh, We'll link to the YouTube interview where he announces his engagement to Puput Nastiti Devi who is a policewoman, a former bodyguard and aide, to Aho's ex-wife, Veronica Tan. And, and who is a good 30 years younger than he is. He's around 50, 52 years yes. old. She's around 21 to 23. There's differing reports on this. And um, yeah. this is part of the problem uh, of uh, fact-checking in Indonesian journalism. I can't really say with certainty what it is. Um but anyway, uh, for those who don't know as well, uh, Aho used to be married to Veronica Tan, as we mentioned. Late 2017, I think, Aho suddenly filed for divorce, claiming infidelity on Veronica's part. And in early April of 2018 of last year, they have officially filed for divorce. Um, Aho says that Veronica was having an affair with somebody for, I think, a few years and Veronica has never publicly confirmed nor denied the circumstances. She just kept quiet. In the meantime, you know, less than a year after the divorce has been finalized, Aho is announcing his engagement. And reports say that they will probably get married sometime in February, sometime this month. So that's where we're at right now with this strange telenovela-like story. (laughs) I know, you really can't make this up. Truth is stranger than fiction. I know, and obviously there's the impulse to make fun of it in a way. And we, we really shouldn't. Let's talk. Let's talk about the implications of all this. Yeah. Well, actually, before before we dive super deep into this, um, I know that in our last episode, we talked that Aha wants to be called BTP. Should we respect that in our conversation? No. <laughs> he doesn't deserve our respect right now. 
I mean, yeah. So, All right. I'm not so I guess gonna. Also, Betepe is very confusing. It's like it's also too much of a mouthful. It sounds like and a government program. I don't want to give it to him, so uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna call him Betepe, uh, which stands for Basuki Chayapurnama, which is his Indonesian name. Um, and I think a way that he's trying to distance himself to his association with being Chinese Indonesian, which in a way, given the last few things that he's actually done, I actually agree with, actually, like, maybe distance himself from us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing from my perspective. But, yeah. yeah, so he's been released, and he said that he wanted to, aside from marrying this uh, young lady, who is, I can say young lady because she's, Younger than I am. Uh, oh God, I'm old. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't realize that we are. She's younger than us. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's like quite younger than us, like more than five years younger. <laughs> yeah. So um, at the same time, I want this to be like a respectful conversation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like about her as well. Like that's something I want. Yeah. Like you know, despite the situation of her being younger, it's not that we are saying like big age difference wouldn't work or that you know she deserves our ridicule for for anything i think if anything we are making fun of ahok for yeah having to have known better and it just feels like somewhat patronizing the way he talks about her seems to me like very off-putting in so many different ways like he's like a dirty old man you know like a little bit yeah yeah so that was the vibe Hey, masum gitu loh. Yeah, actually. I don't know how what how to describe masum in English. Uh, it's perverted. It's not quite that. It's um. It's not quite perverted. Maybe perverse rather than perverted. Perverse. Yeah. Like there's something just like something that's just off about this entire situation. Right. And there's a certain strange power dynamic at play here. I think because to to, to pull back a little bit, right. Puput was a former bodyguard to Ferdinikatan, uh, Aho's ex-wife. And the reason for that is obviously during Aho's tenure as governor, he was, um, let's just say, not the most quiet of governors. Uh, he required a significant amount of security presence. And one of the people assigned to Veronica is Puput. And so that's a little bit of a background to how Aho knows of Puput in the first place. In terms of whenever this relationship blossomed, we're not quite sure. But according to Aho himself, um, the relationship really blossomed after the divorce, after his divorce with Farnika, uh, which is less than a year ago in April. Yeah. I guess in my mind, the way I view it is that the the, the relationship between Aho and Puput started in sort of like a power dynamic situation, right? Like where he is the more powerful figure and... She's working on behalf of him or for him, right? In in some respect, and when he made the comments at Oso TV when he announced that he was, you know, he's been released, what are his plans, blah blah blah, and that he's going to uh, marry Puput, it seemed a lot like this is somebody that will listen to me mm-hmm. and will be. I don't want to say like under my control, but like easier to easier to manage. Subservient. Subservient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, because one of his, you know, he's been very outspoken in the past about how uh, Farnika is. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I remember him being, him praising Farnika for being independent, for being her own person, not necessarily like the stereotypical politician's wife in, in Indonesian culture where they, they only 
serve the politician. Like she's her own person. Everybody knows her. Everybody knows her personality. Like you, she can stand on her own two feet. Mm-hmm. But I think now it feels a little bit like he's saying that was one of the things that bothered him in their relationship. Uh, and and this new person, Puput, who is younger, uh, who used to work under him, will not do that. Uh, that's my gut reaction. That's sort of like how I've interpreted the situation. And certainly, when Puput herself appeared in the in in the video with Aha, it seemed like that would be the case. And I, I don't know. It it just it gives me like weird weird chills, like seeing this entire situation unfold. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll be I'll be the first person to say that I didn't know about Puput until Aho announced about uh, her, his engagement with her, and apparently this has been in the rumor mill for months now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm very behind in this. I need to catch up on my Indonesian gossip. Um. Yeah. I mean, like when I first told Speedy and I wanted to talk about this, you were like, "What? Why? <laughs> is this relevant? Oh, I guess it is. People have been talking about it for a long time. <laughs> I think in the from what I've been hearing from people from back home is that, like, in this moment, like, Ahok completely lost the support of people who are, like, some of his strongest supporters. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a huge slap in the face for all the people who thought, you know, they were defending a guy with integrity and nobility and who was just maligned in some way, and he turned out to be a scumbag. He was cause he was also especially popular among like middle aged older women who yeah. you know saw him as like a straight shooter who was you know from their community or who they can respect. And like I think it offends also the first wife's club. Basically, mm-hmm. just anyone who yeah is a woman married to a man and like. Just can you imagine in that relationship, like, your wife has stuck through you through so many things from, like, being a small town legislator to becoming Mm -hmm. a vice governor who was persecuted and you have, like, kids together and then, like, this happens and then you have um, your ex-husband who previous to this have said who has, like, destroyed your character integrity in the public press, in the public eye was saying you had an affair suddenly goes and does all of this stuff right like because yeah. if you don't remember like what happened was mm-hmm. as ahok was in jail ahok said that veronica tan his ex-wife had an affair and um you know just completely tried to destroy her character and all of this different stuff and then people were at the time kind of pissed at her um but that was, i mean that was during a time when uh, there was a lot of good grace for Aha, right? Because right. everybody was like, oh, you're being uh, held on trial for a ridiculous charge. We're all gung-ho behind you. And if you say that Fernika Tan is this, uh, uh, committed adultery and is like unfaithful to you, then we'll believe you till the end. Right. That was the sentiment. Marriages right? fall apart. It happens, right? Like, but to be so vindictive about the situation and destroying the character in the national public eye in front of your kids, I think is just such a low thing to do. He, you know, he's a stubborn individual and he wants to, he, he wants everybody to see things from his perspective. 
And right. I think it's a trait that we used to admire that there's somebody who is gung-ho, uh, who believes in in what he's doing. Right. And so and so has like strong convictions, but now it seems a little bit like right. misguided. So you can kind of um, see like how he was so self-righteous before. Mm-hmm. And like it seems to be, you know, a complete 180 in terms of what you think well, those good traits turn out to be negative traits about. Yeah, I mean. And, and you start to tr- like mistrust his judgment and his views on different things, right? Yeah. Like it reminds me of all of the. Kali Jodo stuff where he kicked out mm-hmm. people who are like most disenfranchised from a particular community and said it was good for the for the city. You know, that's the kind of trait that clearly uh, an individual with who thinks that he's always right can't seem to listen to common sense and have empathy. Like, I think for me, like, it clearly shows the lack of empathy he has in general to other people, right? I don't know if it's like if sociopathic is too strong a word, but like it seems he's charismatic, you know, he he's likable to certain groups of people and like he has no sense of like how he is perceived externally and he plays by the rules. Um He plays by his rules though. <laughs> yeah, by his rules. I mean what I think there's I mean there's, I think there's a certain narcissism to him, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's a sociopathic trait, by the way. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure it is. I mean, you know, I'm not saying this in a sense like in an Indonesian sense of narcissist. Yeah, that's that's not what I meant. Yeah, I think you know he this is he's beyond that. It's a way of like you're being blinded by your own convictions and your own beliefs, and you really you're so stubborn and you're so narrow-minded in what you believe that you can't see beyond it, and you can't see how oh this situation does not only affect you, um, this story does not only affect you. You're not at the center of the universe. Yeah. And I think because he was this groundbreaking, and you know, I still think he is this groundbreaking individual, right, in Indonesian politics. Like, we can't take that away from him, for better or for worse. So many people idolized him that it fed into that narcissism, into those tendencies, yeah. so that because so many people are so willing to follow you to the ends of the earth, and you're thinking, oh, my views and where I stand on these issues and what I want to do. All of that is right. All of that is infallible. And I think now that we have this sort of period where he's been out of the public eye a little bit, we've sort of, we've been weaned off Aho fever for a while. And then he comes out and then he's back and we're like, oh, right, he's not, he's not as great as I thought he was. (laughs) In a way, don't you think, okay, I'm going to apply a very skeptical lens about this and think about this in more political terms, right? This is a really fast way to make yourself not a threat um, in the public eye because having yeah. lost popular support, he's not the same person with the gravitas he has used to be. Yeah, and this has sort of really disarmed him politically. Like he's he can't go in politics now. Like he just can't in in this country and in 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 the space of especially more religious conservatism. Mm-hmm. He's been thoroughly morally discredited and then he can just do whatever he wants now in a way because like he's a free man and doesn't really pose a political threat anymore um and he can go his his life with his young wife right like yeah um i think that's like a thought that i had with the situation like and maybe he he alluded to this a little bit in his Instagram letter right before his release when he said, I want to be called Betepe, I don't want to be called Aho anymore, I'm a new man. Mm-hmm. This is literally starting over, right, in, in a way, because 
starting a new family with somebody different, somebody of a wholly different kind of character than Veronica. Uh, I, I think there's something to be said about that. In a way, it's like he's in, he has to be in the public eye. He can't avoid that. Yeah. And this is a way to be like, all right, I am going to start over in the public eye. Wherever this takes me next, who knows? But I don't think he has any more political capital left in him. I don't think there's any yeah. value. I think he can still be a public figure that operates adjacent to politics. But I don't think he should be, ever be in politics. And again, I, I think this is his way of maybe resetting expectations of Aho. Yeah, like this is no longer going to sure. be the, the dream governor, dream husband, dream right. Chinese, Indonesian, whatever. This is just going to be your regular, you know, 50-year-old guy who's trying to start a new life. Out of prison. <laughs> oh God! It's a uh, part of me is a little bit sad because he had so much potential. But at the same time, it's also one of those things where can you be sad about something that that you know could never have happened? Part of what I want to talk about in a different way is like how the attention of this has been somewhat problematic in the media as well. Oh, yeah. I'm somewhat uncomfortable with the way her images are put out and like... You mean puput? Sensationalized in a way. Yeah. Um, and even before we knew of her identity, there was a lot of rumors, you know, a lot of Indonesian gossip sites wrote many trashy articles about who is this person who is in the police force right. her initial is p and is you know right i think it's like i think okay i think i have i sense what it's what's uncomfortable about it for me yeah i think there's this narrative of um Palawan sexy that i think um is being fed into this so um there's this thing in indonesian so like sexy policewoman there's been like you know this kind of objectification of sexy of of women who happen to be police officers and are young and attractive and um yeah it just rubs me in a really like wrong kind of way mm -hmm. they are uh enforcers of the law who undergo training like yeah. it also like i feel like cannot be abstinent from the narrative of like the fact that police women in indonesia are subjected to virginity tests mm -hmm. they're both like sex objects but also like needs to be morally pure right like yeah there's this uncomfortable feeling of um having to live in this narrow space of being uh i think it's like a dance that like a lot of women have to play right like being yeah. a virtue signaling of the fact that you're a virgin or like a morally pious woman and that being a desirable thing but also like you have to be sexy or you have to be like um conventionally attractive or and it's just like feminine uh, or whatever it's yeah um and, and an inability to just be who you are and then like because when i was googling her it's like i like you can't find anything about 
who she is as a person. Yeah. How did she get to the police academy? Why does she want to become a police officer? Like, you know, like things of substance that tell you who she is as an individual. Like, I can't even like quickly confirm her age. Like, there's an absolute disinterest of her as an individual and as a living, breathing human being. <laughs> um, and you're just like, I don't know. It doesn't humanize her in a like. I haven't seen anything that humanizes her in a way that feels substantial to me. Yeah. Um, and Ahok's video also like when he was introducing her felt like very like showcasing her. You know, like oh look at this yeah. young hot thing that I've like managed to get now, and it's like no, you creepy old man. Like, what are you doing? At the end of the day, he's just a creepy old man right in this in this situation right Ugh. now. He, like, constantly talked over her yeah. and interrupted her. And um, it just seems to me, like, not the best start for a healthy relationship, you yeah. know? Like, so that's, like, kind of what makes me really uncomfortable about the situation as well. And, um... I think while I agree that, like, I mean, I've agreed a lot with what people are saying about, oh, like, Veronica Tan was, what, Ahok did a great disservice to her. Like, I also don't want to be, like, bashing Puput because of Veronica's behalf. Like, they're both women who were attracted to Ahok for some reason. Um, <laughs> and her value is not, can't be determined by whether or not she cooks or... Listen to Ahok. Um, yeah, but there's also something weird about the narrative of like, oh, like poor victim Veronica, you know, like to me, she was a woman who knows what she wants. And yeah. like I w- watched her past interviews with Ahok and Ahok at the same time. And she definitely like holds her own and like is clearly a very intelligent, strong woman who I think even Ahok is a little bit scared of. Yeah. And um, like, and I think it just takes such a strong woman to be quiet and amidst all of this mess, mm-hmm. this trash of like situation, you know? Yeah. And um, I think she deserves a lot of credit for being who she is all this time and not trying to defend herself or, and just sticking her head down and then like taking care of her business and her kids. Farnika has kept quiet about all of this, both the divorce as well as this news about Aho's engagement ever since she's laid low. We know that she still lives in Jakarta and she's still around, but she's definitely laid low and not make any public statements or appearances about this. And I think... Aho uh, should learn from her. I know, right? Except Aho will never and learn And just from. shut up. <laughs> um, I don't know what lessons to take away from all of this, honestly. Uh, I think... I just want people to be careful about how we talk about situations like this with our friends, with our partners. And um, I think the main takeaway for me is like, okay, despite the ridiculousness of the situation, let's step back and like treat the women involved here as individuals. Yeah, with and dignity. And not be swayed by Ahok's narrative on the situation because yeah. I think we're falling into his trap. Um, and just being really careful about Okay, in a way, it's, like, so ridiculous that people might think it's funny, but there are wider implications into, like, into religious extremism that this feeds into their narrative. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's just something for us to be cautious about when either dismissing this as gossip, because I think there's just so much in here that 
you know, could determine that influences the discussion on women and on morals in, in our society. Yeah. And not in a good way. Because um, it really just allows people to treat women like clickbait titles and reducing them to stereotypes. Yeah. And I think, you know, certainly anybody who lives in Indonesia and consumes Indonesian news knows that this kind of news is often easily, you know, becomes gossip, becomes the things you spread over WhatsApp, you you laugh about it or you joke about it. Right. But we forget that there are living human beings behind these stories that are not named Aha. <laughs> there are other people. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the way the media has framed it, the way Aha has framed the whole situation, it reduces these individuals into uh, circumstantial characters, right? They're not mm-hmm. they don't have any say in this in a way. They don't have they don't have their narrative. And it's so easy to fall into that trap because it's the, it's the way uh, a lot of news has been talked about and discussed in Indonesia for a long time. Yeah. And I think well, Stephanie and I and I think our listeners know that we can do better in terms of how we talk about these kind of issues and not just easily laugh it off. And I'll be the first one to admit when I first read this, my gut instinct, my initial reaction is to make make a joke out of it. Like, this is ridiculous. This is insane who are these people what are they doing but i I have to say like having this conversation makes me better in terms of considering the viewpoints of everyone involved how other people see this and how we can't just brush this kind of thing aside as a joke because we all love to laugh about indonesian politics and indonesian society but but there are some really really deep difficult issues we need to tackle yeah also, just as an aside, this keeps reminding me of Hamilton. I think it's because yeah. we kept using the word narrative. It's like the the male lead is the only story being told, and we don't hear about the stories of the others around him, the women around him. They're always their stories are always told as if the male story is the center of the universe, when in fact they are their own universes and they have their own stories to tell. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find more information and resources of whatever we talked about on our website, delica.id. Music credits to John Dealey, Lee Rosevere, and of course, Broke for Free. If you like what you hear and want to support us, please review our podcast on the Apple Podcast app or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. And please share our podcast with your friends. It's the best way to spread the word about Dialogica. If you want to get more involved, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is dialogicapodcast at gmail.com or just shoot us a message on our Facebook page. You can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and our Twitter. Please follow us in these various platforms. Our Twitter handle is at dialogicapod. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's Steph Tank. That's S-T-E-P-H-T-A-N-G-K. Thank you again and see you guys next time. Bye!